Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I thought we'd talk about what is a government or military pension really worth? For those of us who have served, we're used to the idea of earning a pension if we serve long enough. But it's easy to forget that fewer and fewer Americans actually get pensions these days. And it's even rarer to hear of a pension that increases over time with inflation. That's so rare, it's practically extinct outside of federal service. So today, we'll compare the value of a government pension to investments like your TSP and look at some of the pros and cons. Then I'll crunch some actual numbers for you to see what those pensions are worth in today's dollars. Then we'll finish up thinking about how your pension, investments, and Social Security fit together in your retirement years. So first off, if you serve long enough to earn a military or federal government pension, you will receive that pension for the rest of your life. That's with the full backing of the federal government is the closest thing you can get to a sure thing. You can't outlive it. For CSRS and most military retirees, you'll also get cost of living allowances, nicknamed COLA, based on general inflation. That means the value of your dollar will hold steady. You should be able to buy the same amount of goods year after year with your pension. When you consider a military service member could be in retirement for more than 40 years, this is really significant. Ask anyone over 60 what a dollar could buy them when they were 20, compared to what a dollar will buy now, and you'll see what I mean. For FERS employees and the military members that were in the Redux Retirement Plan and took a career status bonus, you'll receive a less generous COLA. You'll get a reduced COLA that we usually nickname Diet COLA that is normally 1% less than regular COLA. So that means that those pensions, the FERS and the Redux with the career status bonus, won't quite keep up with inflation. So that's something to keep in mind. One downside of a pension, though, is that once you retire, that payment is set. Other than increases for inflation, you can't increase it. Another downside is that while you can't outlive it, it only lasts for your lifetime. If you do choose to participate in the survivor benefit plan when you retire, your spouse will get up to 55% of your monthly pension for as long as they live. And then if there's no dependent children, when your spouse dies, that's it. There's nothing left for inheritance, for example. In contrast, with investments like your TSP, you can increase their value by taking on some more risk. For example, 
stocks are more risky because their value can go up or down at any time. But over the long haul, they usually grow faster than inflation. If you're careful how much you draw from your investments each year and invest well, you may still have enough money left over in your TSP when you die that you could pass on as an inheritance or a gift to charity if that's important to you. The challenge is if you take less risk, for example, if you keep most of your money in the TSPG fund, your investments may not keep up with inflation and you may run out of money before you run out of life. So what's a pension really worth? One way of looking at it is to calculate what we call the present value of your pension. The calculation itself is a bit complicated, but generally the present value of your pension is the lump sum amount of money you would need if you retired today, invested that lump sum at a certain interest rate, then drew it out and spent the amount of your yearly pension for a set number of years. One of the difficult things in making this calculation is deciding on an appropriate interest rate. Because government pensions are considered very secure, this is especially when compared to a business, for example, that could go under and be unable, unable to pay a pension. I chose to use the average long-term return of TIPS. And TIPS are government treasury bonds that pay an interest rate that's tied to inflation. The long-term historical rate for TIPS is 2.3%. So let's talk some actual numbers here. If you're a military E7 with over 20 years of service or a GSG9, sort of depending on where you live, your annual pay used to calculate retirement is about $59,000. For a military service member that serves 20 years and retires at say age 42, getting 50% of their base pay in retirement their retirement pay will be just under $30,000 and they'll have an additional life expectancy of another 40 years. The present value of his or her retirement pay is over $750,000. That is, during those 20 years of working, he would have had to save up more than $750,000 to have that income stream on his own. That's an incredible value. In our example, the federal FERS GS-89 employee retiring at age 57, which is typically their full retirement age, with 30 years of service, would have a yearly retirement pay of almost $20,000 and could be expected to live another 26 years. The present value of their retirement pay is almost $380,000. If they had accumulated 40 years of service by age 57, the present value of their retirement is about half a million dollars. For an officer 05, retiring at 42 with 20 years of service, their yearly retirement pay would be $57,000. The present value of that is almost $1.5 million. For FERS GS 1314, retiring at 42 with 30 years of service, that's about $730,000. With 40 years of service, 
almost $975,000. That's closing in on a million dollars. You can see that this is some serious money, and that doesn't include Social Security or your other savings and investments like TSP. Not everybody can or even wants to serve all the way until they qualify for a pension. But as you decide whether to stay or whether to go, this can give you an idea, a hard dollar figure, to help you decide if it's worth it for you to stay. Now the military BRS and federal employees in the FERS retirement system are based on a kind of triad of the traditional pension we've been talking about, Social Security, and the Thrift Savings Plan. The way I like to look at it is if you're planning for retirement, divide your retirement expenses into two buckets, your needs and your wants. In the needs bucket, I'd include food, housing, healthcare, taxes, transportation, and things like that. Estimate each of these costs and come up with a total dollar figure. Ideally, you'd set yourself up so that your pension and eventually Social Security will cover those needs. This is essentially your safety net. What if those needs seem higher than your pension? You might consider ways to reduce those expenses. For example, for housing, you might downsize, move to a cheaper location, or pay off your mortgage before you retire so you don't have that expense. If you retire to a state with lower taxes or one that provides tax breaks to military retirees, you might reduce your taxes. You might reduce transportation costs by driving a modest, older, and paid-for car. For everything else, which are your wants, you could cover these with your investments, like TSP. Here you might decide to take some risk, that is some volatility, to grow your investments faster than inflation so that your buying power can actually increase. This could provide you more flexibility if your expenses change unexpectedly in retirement, or it might give you a nicer lifestyle. One way to help this money last is that in years where the value is dropping, say there's a downturn in the market, don't draw from your savings or don't draw as much in those years. Spend a little bit less on the wants, knowing your needs are covered by your pension and social security. Then when things bounce back, you can go back to spending more on your wants again. One area to focus on or spend a little more time thinking about as you get closer to retiring is that you may have a gap in guaranteed pension income between when you start receiving your pension and when you begin drawing social security. This is especially true for our military. While you can begin drawing your social security at age 62, there's a significant penalty that is less income if you start your social security before your full retirement age, which is usually around age 67. And there's an 8% a year bonus for each year you wait to draw after age 67 all the way up to age 70. So you can take a look at your annual Social Security statement online with the Social Security Administration to see what those numbers would look like in your case. Also, you want to keep in mind that some expenses, like health care, tend to rise faster than inflation, so that over time your pension might not cover all your needs, 
especially if you're getting only diet cola. This is where that boost you get when you later begin drawing your social security might help with some of those expenses. Well, as you can see from our discussion today, while the sacrifice you make in service to our country is priceless, we can put a dollar figure on the value of your pension, and it's nothing to sneeze at. If you consider the present value of that pension, along with your savings and investments in TSP, you very well may retire a millionaire. As always, I hope you found today's episode informative and helpful. If you have any questions or are curious about the present value of your particular pension, just reach out to me at katie, that's K-A-T-I-E, at moneypilotadvisor.com. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.